So what these things, this play does, is it naturally pulls you into uh, the polarizing balance of the masculine and the feminine. It sets the table for intimacy. It sets the table for um, flirtation and conversation and these things that literally just put you into the grooved runs of the masculine and the grooved runs of the feminine so that when you start them it is not like swimming upstream you're literally with the currents of what you were sort of divinely and intelligently created to play in this is the medicine podcast i am mimi mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. What's up, homies? Thanks for joining us today under the red hat. This is episode 77. I'm going to keep this intro super short because I'm getting over a little head cold and I sound pretty nasally. Today, Chase and I are speaking about the topic of play in relationship and how it is absolutely critical for a deep and even spiritual connection with yourself and your partner. So we discuss questions and prompts that you can use to kind of assess where your current state of play is at. And we also give you examples of how you can get more of it into your relationship. We talk about the myriad of benefits that having a good level of play can bestow upon your relationship. Whether you are single, dating, or in a long-term relationship, Y'all, we all need more play in our lives, and this episode is going to help you with that. Once you're done sharing, if it helped you in any way, or if you had any new awesome insights, we would love if you would take a screenshot and share to your Instagram story. Make sure you tag me at Mimi underscore the medicine to spread this information far and wide because You never know which of your homies is in big time need of some relationship help. All right. All right. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Okay. Bye. Hello, everybody, our gentle listeners. Thank you for joining us on The Medicine today. My name is Mimi and I have my wonderful partner, Chase, here with me. What is up? everybody. (laughs) Uh, We are so happy you are joining us today as we step under the red hat to talk about something that is absolutely 100% without a doubt critical in a deep, meaningful relationship. And that is play. It's critical in relationship. It's critical if you want to, I don't know, enjoy existing in life. Yeah, right. Um, And something that is kind of a buzzword in the self-development, self-wellness, even relationship space, like how to get more play back into your life. Not talked about in enough depth and then not really practically talked about. So really excited to evaluate and instead of just talking at something, actually produce Mm -hmm. potential methods 
on how you can get play into your right. life and your relationship. Yeah. And uh, speak to a little bit of our experience with that because we have, if y'all don't know if this is your first time listening, Chase and I were actually once married and we uh, divorced after three years and then found each other again in this uh, beautiful part two, as we call it. And so a lot of the things that we talk about is from experience, knowing that in part one, we were missing a lot of things. And part two, we get this beautiful second chance to do it right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we do have some some <laughs> clinical experience, you could say. Totally. I mean, we, we started our relationship as in this lifetime. Right. Uh, in yes. this human experience. Asterisk. As kids. And yes. so there was a natural, um, uh, almost, almost unintentional play in mm-hmm. our relationship because we were literally 15 years old. Yeah. So we're in the school play together. Yeah. Not a lot of stresses when you're, we were, we were both athletes. Um, we did things like crafts and, and spent time with each other's families and younger siblings and lake house. Yeah. So yeah. the first 10 years of our relationship um, at least six of those were very, very, uh, easy, easy. And, and almost had this theme and element of play that was natural. Yeah. We didn't have to do anything to yeah. play. Um, and in all honesty, if we were being transparent and open, one of the things that produced separation and lack of intimacy, uh, in our marriage you know, those last like three years that I'm referencing here from the first 10 um, was because we forgot how to play mm-hmm. or we did and or never I let it say, evolve and, and develop it. Yeah, I think that there's a difference between being a 16 year old and being able to play and how to actually integrate play into a real world where you, you both have nine to five jobs. Yeah, you're you're there are stresses. You're paying bills now. Like it's real. Like it's not going to be a one for one. And so we didn't we didn't learn or uh, what came so easily and organically to us in relationship when we were young is what comes so easily to people in relationship when they're even when they're adults, but they're just starting out dating. And then over the years you forget that it's critical and that it's a sort of bonding. There is a bonding element to it that is important uh, for, for life. Yeah. Uh, An example would be when we were, in our teens and early twenties, something that was clearly play for us was like doing fun crafts together at the lake. Mm -hmm. That when you're an adult and you have, you know, nine to five jobs, more serious, you're more serious. You're talking about credit card debt (laughs) and you're talking about paying off student loans, paying off student loans. You know, if you followed up that conversation with, Hey, do you want to go gather some sticks in the woods and, and make a craft? Do you want to do a scribble picture? Yeah. The, the response would be almost like, can you act like an adult? Yeah. Like how seriously? Right. And um, even if that was probably the thing that would have helped, it, it's like you're not in a space where you right. can even receive that mm-hmm. type of message. Yeah. Um, we're getting deep already. Yeah, we're getting deep already. And, and, and this is just kind of the you know, the preemptive to everything. But clearly we have a lot to say on the topic. We're going to be talking about. Um, <clears throat> so there's easier said than done is my point mm-hmm. as an adult. And I think something that far too often happens when you become an adult 
and is definitely one of the reasons why there is such an industry for mind altering substances like alcohol and marijuana and you know just recreational drugs in general is because it lets your guard down you're able to experience some level of lightheartedness maybe even play maybe mm-hmm. even a childlike bliss or bonding opportunity yeah. with another grown adult because when you're sober it's just a little weird to be goofy <laughs> and play yeah and so the whole theme behind this is like how do we do this how do we elicit these types of moments in mm-hmm. our adult lives and in our relationships that don't require one awkwardness two getting three sheets to the wind i don't even really know what that's saying <laughs> i don't either but getting slammed th- getting three sheets to the wind um via <laughs> mind altering substances yeah speaking of mind altering substances <laughs> perfect segue <laughs> uh what do you got in your cup my love uh this is not a mind altering substance necessarily but it is something that i'm really really um, excited about right now. I have been trying on um, kava products, mm-hmm. and kava is uh, it's like a s- South um, Asian Pacific type uh, substance that comes from a plant, and uh, specifically, good kava comes from uh, the roots of a kava plant, not uh, you know, the leaves or, or the stems or anything. And, um, specifically I've been using from the company Botanic Tonics, their feel free, uh, blend. So it's a little, almost like five hour energy sized Mm -hmm. tonic that includes kava, um, as well as some other euphoric adaptogens. The purpose of this drink is for benefits along the line of stress management, um, general like ache and pain relief, some uh, calmness, but also some engagement. So this kava plant and these kava drinks don't have much buzz. They don't have much notoriety. And the little bit that they do, they're often um, made pretty pretty cheaply or inexpensively. So that they're using like the stem or the leaf of these um, unique plants to produce some, like you might see it in like a juice bar in California. Mm-hmm. You might see it on like Amazon as kind of a, a powder you can add to certain, you know, superfood blends or something like that. So it hasn't really been done well. It's a little bit under the radar. You may have heard of it, but it's not necessarily something that's like a household name at this point. Um, and, and I'm really curious because like this idea of, of having a fun way to uh, engage in work or um, social activities without getting drunk mm-hmm. um, would be to resort to adaptogens or um, you know euphoric herbs. Well, this one has sort of come across my dash uh, as I research this, and definitely wanted to give it a try. I'm really liking it. I'm gonna give it a you know 30 day or so try before I you know sling it to the entire world. <laughs> the but entire world, wow. The entire world. Um, <laughs> but I am I am really encouraged. It doesn't taste great. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not something you drink for like pleasure. No, but it's, it's, uh, it does produce a really nice, calming, yeah. very mild, um, but also engaging euphoric experience. Yeah. So it's definitely encouraging. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'll keep talking about it and putting it on my social media. 
I might try a few different brands, but this one specifically right now is kind of the kind of the winner. It is from uh, Botanic Tonics. Um, it's called the Feel Free. Uh, it's like it's just like a little shot. Yeah, like a little shot. I mean, it's 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 you know big. It's not it's not tiny, but a couple ounces or so. And um, uh, I, I've definitely tried it a few times yeah. and, and really really like the effects. Taste is like something I have to like honestly like chase it with something yeah. i'm kind of a baby though other people might be fine with it um but but i really like the the feeling afterwards it's 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 very um i wouldn't say similar but along the along the same lines of other adaptogenic herbs where you feel like calmly alert mm-hmm. where you know something like a, a five-hour energy or just a, a boost of you know like C4 pre-workout like you feel buzzed in a way that like if you sit still it's uncomfortable this is definitely more of a very like calming but also alert and engaging at the same time it's really interesting you say that because what I'm finding and I want to lean into this more and learn a little bit more about it but it is a socially effective supplement such that if you were to go out, say, in the evening, you're more engaged. You might have your general social anxieties lowered slightly, not unlike alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also doesn't have an amplifying effect to your central nervous system. So, in, in fact, it's actually calming. So, in that sense, it's almost like marijuana. Hmm. Now, there's no reported hangover um, from what I've seen. And it actually helps you sleep deeper. That is another one of these benefits. So it really seems like a cool space. And yeah. I'm excited to learn more. And obviously, like, I, I always like to use myself as the the barometer, if you will, for whether something is uh, going to be going to be a medicine. Yeah. But um, more to come. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely encouraged. Yeah. And I think I think it's definitely I mean, just what we've seen and, and heard about read about like, um, I'm sure at some point soon we'll we'll have a, a Kava episode because there it's one of those really unique things that um, um, I think could be really cool to to have more education uh, about for our listeners. Absolutely. What about you? My love. I, so as you guys can tell, I'm a little nasally right now. I've been kind of nursing for the last three days or so, um, a little head cold. And uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's not really been that big of a deal. It's just, I feel like my head is really congested and I'm just blowing so many Kleenexes full of things out of my head, which is annoying. And to defend you, it's not your fault. I, I as listeners might know, broke my rib about a month ago. Um, my immune system was completely prioritizing the recovery of my rib, let itself down a little bit. I caught wind of not only some allergies during this beautiful spring bloom that we have here in Southern California, um, but a little lack of sleep, maybe something in the air. And so I got a little bit of a, a little bit of a head cold combined with allergies and kissed you, kissed you a few too many times. <laughs> such that you are now experiencing this little blip on the immaculate health portfolio that you maintain. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great for our brand when, when we're sick, but you know what? Um, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really that concerned about it. Um, what's cool is I feel even when I do get sick, which is maybe, maybe once a year, maybe, um, 
and it's usually not that big of a deal. And even when I do, I feel like especially now we have so many amazing tools at our disposal, whether that be medicinal mushrooms, AHCC, um, you know, and what I have in my cup right now, mellow magnesium, um, magne- and I've talked about this before, um, magnesium is so involved in over 300 different body processes, enzymatic processes in the body, you know, uh, from mood to brain function to sleep to muscle recovery, you need more magnesium. If you're not taking magnesium, consider yourself deficient. And Ned has an incredible product. Um, It's a powder that you just mix into, um, you know, eight to 10 ounces of water. And it tastes like um, this flavor, it's the naked flavor, and it tastes like a healthy cream soda. Yeah. It's really good, and that's that's my favorite. And so I've been sipping on those once or twice a day, and um, I, I think that just having these things at our dispo- my disposal is uh, just so helpful, knowing that, like, hey, I'm giving my body the best mm-hmm. possible stuff here, and having these things it's not like you're never going to get sick ever, ever, ever again. And I've talked about this with AHCC too. Yes, we are exposed to things every single day. Just right now in the air that we're breathing inside this condo, there's 10 to the 31 viruses in the air. Like they're unavoidable, but the best thing you can do is give your body those tools to work with so that when you do come into contact with things and maybe you do come down with something, it can turn maybe something that uh, a sickness that you have for maybe eight or nine days into something that's like three or four. Totally. And literally the recent experience that both of us have had and are having is I'm talking runny nose, a little bit of a scratchy throat and um, just, you know, ripping through a Kleenex box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so significantly different from what my high school and college days of getting and my early professional career of getting sick felt like where I felt like the amount of pressure that was in my head um, was going to explode like a balloon and an absolute inability to sleep without headaches or aches and pains even just from your body like trying to deal with this no it's really just been just been a nose nasally type thing no body stuff I'm not running a fever I'm still doing all the things I'm just I'm being mindful obviously of my energy but um no I'm I'm just super super grateful that we have all these things um that we that our that our bodies need and love and uh, mellow is one of those things that's been helping me. So um, if you guys want to check out Mellow, you can go to our medicine cabinet. There will be a link in the show notes below, or you just go to the website, main menu, medicine cabinet, and there you will see a breakdown of all the products and all the brands that we love and use every single day. We never put something in there that we haven't tested and that is tried and true and has made our lives significantly better. And I think everything in there has uh, a discount code associated mm-hmm. with it. So definitely check that out. And uh, I'm ready to jump back into some play if you are. I'm ready to play. <laughs> so um, kind of just a little bit kind of the, the structure of the episode. We want to give you guys, we've, we've talked you know a little bit about it already, but we want to give you guys some questions that you can pose in your relationship or maybe if you're not in a relationship but you want to start developing these skills and this this knowledge base um, some questions that or prompts you could say of 
realizing when and how you can inject more play into your current relationship or future relationship and and really just with yourself as well. We're going to be talking about that and then um, definitely want to go over um, some major benefits of, of what we've seen in our life, how we, how our relationship has changed from part one to part two and how, you know, conscious relate conscious couples that we know, we also see that they have all of this in common as well. And, uh, kind of speaking to that and, and go over some major benefits that you can see once these things are, are, uh, started to kind of incorporate into your, into your regular relationship. Yeah. These are just a few questions that we've come up with. Um, that could potentially even lead to more as we talk through totally. them. Um, everybody listening, hit us up for the things that have been uh, really helpful for you in your successful relationships um, or any feedback or follow-ups yeah. if, if you put these into practice and, and uh, have edits or other suggestions. Yeah. This is not an exhaustive list. I imagine we'll probably talk about these things more as time goes on, but uh, we're all in this together mm-hmm. and happy to share some of these little nuggets that we've uh, that we've accumulated over the years and continue to ask. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Can you give me number one? What's the first thing that we can look at? Number one, this is a question you can ask yourself uh, or to each other in relationship, and that is, what was play for you as a child? Mm. I love this one. It's so good. So with this one, definitely think of examples of play for yourself and we can go through some of those for us and, and, and they can see how we kind of spin this to be the adult version. Right. Yeah. Cause like maybe you liked playing with Barbies <laughs> when you were a kid, but like, are you going to be playing with Barbies with your partner? Yeah. No. So, so what is it behind the play? <laughs> yeah. Like do a little bit of a, yeah. you know, psychoanalysis on your, on your inner child and ask what was it about the play as a kid that, allowed you to lose track of time allowed you to laugh for no reason while you were Mm -hmm. doing this specifically um so as we you know evaluate our you know childhoods um the things for me that really stand out as as play as a boy were times when i was building something not for the purpose of being productive in my life but rather just for the purpose of the experience itself like legos or something legos um forts in the woods tree forts in the woods um building obstacle courses in the backyard with my brother Mm -hmm. these are funny little kid things but why was i doing that i enjoyed creating a world that allowed freedom to just freely play, whether that be in pretend time, you know, building a fort in the woods and pretending that I'm, you know, lost in the wilderness with my brother or creating this little like arena in my backyard of like an Olympic event um, or creating a a Lego uh, craft for, you know, space travel or something is essentially just like a little arena to be free. And so Mm -hmm. behind all of that is freedom. The, the end result doesn't have to be used for something. Nobody's forcing me to do it. And it's not some like production uh, or productive deliverable for my life. Example is that we have tons of projects as adults. Most of the time, those projects are either put on us by a boss mm-hmm. 
or for the well-being of our adult life, you know, like, hey, I need to um, frame in an extra room in yeah. my house because we're having a kid coming and I need to be able to, f- like, make space for a, a baby yeah. carriage. Is that a thing? Baby carriage? A crib. Crib. <laughs> Um, or, or, and so these things become have tos and they become obligations for some people, for, for, for some, for other people. And and this is why it's like, everyone is different where some people framing out a room could be play. So you have to like assess that for yourself. Is this for an end goal result that is like, "Mm, I I don't actually want to do this. Or maybe for someone like building, you know, building what you just described is play. Yeah. Um, so for you, like using your example that you gave, uh, what do you, how do you feel like that's something that gets expressed in play now as an adult? Um, so a couple ways that this really shakes out as play opportunities for me as an adult, as I, as I look into this, is the food experience, number mm-hmm. one. You and I thoroughly enjoy the discussion, the prep, uh, the act and then ultimate like participation with the completed product in the form of a meal. Mm-hmm. So that creativity and that sort of freedom to build something together and then enjoying it, not for any reason besides having shared communion um, and having something really tasty is play to me. Yeah. And that's not unlike building a fort or Legos. Yeah. Uh, another example would be when you and I, have these uh, adventure days or these days where we create a container of discovery in maybe a new part of town. We don't have to go on a vacation to do this, but we can say, hey, let's go over to um, Little Italy in downtown San Diego and let's find a coffee shop. Let's walk through some stores and let's have some lunch or some breakfast and just play it by ear. Let's see what we can create in this this little biodome of... Uh, freedom for our day yeah totally no i think that that's uh I, I, well i love those things we do them often um yeah that's really good i i, I think for me one thing that i loved doing when i was a kid um was creating like uh, choreographed dance routines um with my sister and also we would, she and I, um, shout out Andrea, we would dress up in our mom's clothes and like high heels and we just go do something silly, like go out and get the mail in like her high heels and like her fancy clothes. And it was just like this, like getting to pretend to be this older, beautiful woman was like really fun for us. And we, <laughs> we actually called this hot babes. Hot babes. I love that. We played hot babes. <laughs> You play hot. You play hot, babes, all the time. All the I'm time. Right now. But something that uh, you know, speaking to me as an adult now, how I find play, and this this doesn't necessarily. Pl- I want to. I want to side note here for just a second. Play can be on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to to some degree, and also partner play. So for me, this example in particular would be uh, sort of individual, but I really enjoy the process of like getting beautiful. Yeah. Like curling my hair, putting on makeup. I don't do it every day. Um, but, uh, I would correct you and say the only thing I got to do to be beautiful is just roll out of bed in the morning. Oh, thank you, babe. 
Um, but I do like the process of like putting on a cute outfit, even if I'm working all day just at home and you're literally the only human that's going to see me. I like it. It's a, it's a sort of expression of femininity and beauty. I'm not mm-hmm. saying every woman has to do this for me individually. I know that's how part of my femininity gets expressed and I really enjoy it. And so whether that be just working, um, or, you know, maybe we're going to an event and I want to, you know, get extra like pretty or whatever, that's play for me. It is a form of play. And, um, and then, you know, speaking to like the dancing or the choreographed dances, like I find myself just losing track of time and laughing kind of uncontrollably when you and I will have like dance parties or we'll be just like slow dancing in the kitchen or, um, you know, dancing kind of silly in the kitchen, or we've been in group scenarios where we just like allow the space to just move your body. And it's not like a dance, but it's just like, just move, just express yourself in movement. So that's definitely something that I've found as an adult that I, I really, really value. And not only just for play in our relationship, but also expression of my femininity. Uh, perfectly put. And as we continue to go through these questions and potential examples, like don't get hung up on the literal examples. Yeah. It, it's it's the feeling behind it. And it's going to take, in the in relationship, like anything else, it's going to take some agreements and some buy-in. So let's use the example of like your your uh play for getting ready for an event like you know with your sisters uh when you were a kid i think so many people have these fond memories of adolescent play through like a, a high school dance or maybe it's even your wedding there's this build up of prep all day and then ultimately taking um taking part in some sort of like finality or there's a climax and there's like a beautiful sort of like maturity of the event that you can sort of like reflect back on and feel all the feels date night is something that's thrown out there constantly hey go on a date night um or have a have a date night set aside instead of just being like oh it's it's six we got a reservation at 6 30 let's get in the car and go treat date night like it's freaking prom yeah don't don't spend time with your significant other all day long almost separate it like you would prom or, or your wedding or something. And this is where it takes buy-in because this may not sound as appealing to a guy, but know that these, if, if you talk to your partner, know that these types of things are critical and that when she is putting her makeup on all day and you're building hours of tension, then when you see her, you're like, wow, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you're gra- you know, you're grabbing her ass on the way out the door. And then shit, you have a, you have a little like, fairy tale type setting for a couple hours you might even end the night with uh something something you did in high school as well little boom boom little boom (laughs) okay we all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now, 
all that is in the past because one of my favorite absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their Soft Skin Body Lotion and Body Glow Hydrating Oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh, and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered and hydrated like it can actually breathe hallelujah <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code mimi m-i-m-i for a hefty discount on all clearstem products bringing you only the best and only what i'm obsessed with enjoy on that point, I do something just popped in my head that I think is important. If there are any guys listening, and I think uh, certainly women will agree, um, if we're, we're talking about the scenario of treating date night like prom or, or whatever experience like prom where the woman is in her feminine state and getting ready, maybe she's curling her hair, putting on makeup, picking out her outfit, and she's throwing clothes around her room 10 times to find the outfit that just feels right on her body. I will say as much as you can please men try not to pressure or nag or be frustrated with your woman if she's taking extra time to get ready and be presentable and beautiful for you in her mind that's what it is you might be like you look fine just come on let's go what you're doing is you're putting her into a container if you say all right, we got to be out the door in five minutes. You better be ready. Something like that. You are now putting a container around her, which is by definition masculine. So you're taking her out of her feminine flow and putting her immediately into her masculine, yeah. which is, all right, I got to, I got to produce, I got to produce something. I have to create, create this and I got to be, but, 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 but on time. Yeah. I'm not saying don't be aware of the time women, of course, but maybe instead of being like, are you ready yet? Come on. Which almost every woman has heard in the morning be like, Hey, I'm really excited about this new place. Um, our, you know, reservation was super hard to get, or like, I just, I want to be, make sure that we're kind of timely tonight. I would love if we could be out the door by six 30 yeah. and it's in the morning. She has plenty of time to think about what she wants to do and how she wants to get ready so that you ahead of time, she doesn't feel flustered and put into a masculine box. Yep. And, and guys do yourself a favor and if you need to be out the door by 6.30, tell them 6.15 because it's always going to be 15 minutes later. There you Swear go. Swear to God. Compromise. Um, in all love, it will be. And this actually leads to my to the next question that we have and it really beautifully, both from an energetics perspective with masculine and the feminine and from this date night thing. Mm -hmm. So the world and, and surface level relationship advice is always like, make sure you continue to date each other, right? Like everyone's heard that. Everyone's heard that, which because it's partly true, but there's more to it. And so the next question would essentially be, what did you do when you first started dating? And where did you have to use imagination? And so um, 
in your dating life, or it doesn't even have to be your dating life, but think about dating experiences that you've had that have felt that new, novel excitement of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Men, I'm speaking to you. You're crazy if you haven't had the experience of getting creative with a way that you've won your woman over. You've you've accomplished the um, act of showing your woman that you are desirable enough that she wants to date you. You might have done some cool, crazy, creative things, whether that was in how you asked them to prom, proposed to them, asked them on that first date. There is a layer of creativity and imagination that goes into those processes. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing someone wants to be seen as when you're first starting to date is boring. Totally. And believe it or not, those acts lean into some of the most um, empowering attributes of the masculine. It is setting a container. I'm creating this date experience for my feminine to be completely free inside of this container. So what is really fun and then leans into some of these natural archetypes of the masculine is getting creative, setting the structure for something like a date or an evening that one hits those nostalgic feelings of play. Like when you first started uh, entertaining the idea of dating somebody, but it also like gives way to this, um, masculine archetype of wanting to con- like properly in balance control an environment so that your feminine counterpart can be free within it. Mm-hmm. So as you talk about <clears throat> the necessity for space um, from a woman's perspective to become beautiful and presentable for this event, men can do themselves a favor by allowing that space all while the feminine similarly allows the creative freedom for her masculine to generate these ideas of imagination in the form of a date or a weekend getaway or an event. Mm-hmm. Women, feminine, I ask you, don't nitpick this. Don't um, emasculate that process. Otherwise, the whole thing is going to get blown up. There's, yeah. a, there's a level of vulnerability for a man that goes into being creative and, imag- and imaginatory yes. because this world sort of like shits on um, the gentler creative processes of men. And men should be this way and they should be drinking beer and watching sports and not really be artistic or creative. So when they put on vulnerability uh, in the sense of being creative or setting structure for like a weekend getaway or a date night mm-hmm. or something. Being romantic. Being romantic. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. Being romantic. <laughs> um, there's this slippery slope that if you nitpick or emasculate them, it's going to play into all those things they've been told their entire life about what men are and are not. So as men give your women the, f- the benefit of allowing them the space to become the princess or the queen for your date night, Women similarly give a little bit back to the men to create that kingdom. Yeah. Create that castle ballroom setting for your queen or princess to show up into. Yeah. And, you know, practically, realistically, what this could look like is maybe it doesn't even sound like nagging to the woman. 
Maybe if he says like, hey, babe, I booked us uh, an overnight kind of a staycation at so, such and such hotel or whatever. It doesn't even have to be a total like affront on him. Like, why did you do that? I don't want to do that. Why, I, you didn't ask me. Like, it can even be like, oh, why did you pick that hotel? Yes. Something as simple as just like, oh, really? Yeah. Or like, so, or like, oh, we already stayed there once. So even that small, you're you're crushing him. Yeah. You're crushing this. He, he, he put time into this thing, whatever it is. He put time thinking about, I think she's going to like this. And if the first words out of your mouth are like, oh, that one? Like, okay. Yeah. Like, he's going to not want to do it at all next time. Right. So just friendly reminder there for the masculine and feminine. Yeah. And so back to the question is, hey, what were you doing during that? novel phase of your relationship when you first started dating or first started getting to know each other if the answer is like for us which is you know we went to dances we um would go to dinner and a movie we would go get something like ice cream and park the truck and and hang out in the back of the truck (laughs) uh hang out i say quite loosely um we would um we would spend a lot of time at your lake cabin um yeah so things like that you know in so if we were to be doing this and this exercise you could say and like okay what did we do when we first started dating well we fell in love basically on playing sports and in the in the the you know uh the the bus ride back from sports games so maybe there's maybe there's something competitive we could do in nature that's you know playful competitiveness maybe maybe um you know just get creative with it and again it doesn't have to be one for one exact but think about the feelings that that activity elicited um for us we were in nature a lot together like i'm speaking about priests like we fell in love at priest lake idaho and so anytime we can be back in nature it is immediate connection for us that could be as simple as walking the beach on a saturday and sunday yeah so um, it doesn't have to be one for one. Um, just it, it, helpful if you can make a list yeah. and don't, don't discount anything. Yep. So my responses to this practically would be, like you said, very shared experiences in nature for all of these. Um, date night, a really great date night, or even better, date day, where you both clear your actual work schedules and prioritize each other during the day. That's a major win major yeah, hack i would say uh, as a caveat or uh, an amendment to that um is something uh, i think i've talked about it before but back when there was a you were working at an office you every thursday we had thursday dates and you would block out two hours of your schedule as busy as you were like one of the busiest people that i know his schedule is jam-packed you guys but it was really important for us to spend time together during the week and not just push everything to the weekend. And so you would remind me that I was important to you by blocking, keeping those two hours sacred on Thursday. And uh, that's when we would have our weekly coffee day. Yeah. And I was going to mention this later, but uh, I guess I'll address it now. Creating space for all of these play activities should not be done in your already probably dwindling personal and relationship time in the same way that you prioritize your money, or I'm hoping you prioritize your money towards the things that are most important to you first, 
Um, for instance, you should be paying your, uh, you know, you should, the way that we talk about financing your food, you prioritize your money towards the best food possible instead of waiting until you've gone shopping and bought all your clothes that you need. Um, you know, picking up that decor in your house that you've been wanting and then realize, oh shit, I don't have enough money for like really great quality food and health is a priority I'll for me. I'll just go through the drive-thru or whatever. Yeah. Don't do that with your relationship either. Yeah. Flip it around, prioritize it. So, totally. so don't impede your already dwindling personal time, like on weekends and evenings, it might be a hack or a benefit to structure it in the middle of an obligation or your work. Um, so that you know it gets done and that the other person feels that connection. Yeah. Um, so anyway, going back to some of these practical ideas on like how to implement um, this idea of uh, new feelings or novelty like you did when you were first started dating into your current relationship. Yeah, shared experiences, um, weekend getaways, date nights or days, um, signing up for like a art class or a cooking class. Uh, we haven't tried those on necessarily, but um, something that I'm completely open to and I've heard a ton of success for. So yeah. this one's this one definitely plays on nostalgia a little bit, which I like, but is not quite enough. So as we move into the next one, I think this is another really um, great question to evaluate what is play in your adult life. These ones that we've talked about play on nostalgia, play on your youth, which is great. But it also leaves a little bit like, well, are we only living off the past? Yeah. How are we creating new memories that then become nostalgic later on, totally. but aren't but aren't like getting more and more antiquated as time goes yeah. on? So, the next question. I'm ready for it. Well, I technically know it, but. <laughs> Where are you currently in your life or your relationship? Laughing, singing, or dancing? unprompted mm. like yeah. unconsciously yeah or all three of them together <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> right and and so there is this I'll, I'll give a little story about my own like self-love journey is when we were divorced and I was single and, and by myself when I really started to realize that I was happy was coinciding with laughter, dancing and singing showing up into my life uh, just by myself. And that could be I'm making dinner and all of a sudden I find myself like making up a little song as I'm, you know, yeah. grilling hamburgers uh, or I'm dancing to the music that I have on and I catch myself in the mirror, like just grooving a little bit. And I'm like, damn, I I think I'm happy. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's really important as you do that in your relationship. They have been moments like when was the last time you both like were tearing up, staring at each other, almost like dry heaving because of how hard <laughs> you were laughing or the times that you've uh, felt playful, kind of, you know, pinching each other's ass or like giving each other a hard time only to elicit yeah. like a flirtatious type type energy. Um, what are those? What are those sets and settings <laughs> for us? It's so dumb, but it's like, it's so like near and dear and fond to, to, in my heart. Um, for us, it is after dinner and it's not every single day, but this is usually the, the backdrop of, of when it happens most often for us. Um, 
we've we've eaten a beautiful dinner we're both satiated we've usually got music on um whether that be summer jazz or like top hits from the 2010s or whatever whatever the vibe is hashtag officially old yeah (laughs) um and we'll just be you know kind of slowly cleaning up dinner and and i might be at the sink like uh washing dishes and and a good song comes on and chase will just come up beside me or behind me and like dance with me or dance on me or uh you know grab my butt or like say something silly in my ear that makes me laugh and we just like die laughing at nothing and then you just are laughing at the fact that you're laughing and uh, just being goofy with each other it has it all of that together it doesn't matter what elicits that response for you but all of that the singing the dancing and the laughing has a level of vulnerability behind it where you know I'm not afraid to be myself with this person and vice versa. They are not afraid to be themselves with me. And that injects intimacy into your relationship right then and there in that moment. And then you remember that moment, you know, moving onward. Um, it's, it's, it's evidence you could say of I am fully myself and that is absolutely freeing. And what a wonderful feeling. Like that's ultimately what, what a lot of us are striving for in relationship is, is, is freedom. Like this person allows me to be me and still loves me. That in my opinion is one of the most important definitions of freedom. Totally. Yeah. Perfectly put. And so, so then the intention of this question of asking when and where are you laughing, singing, dancing in your life or your relationship is not as much about like the literal things that are going on as much as the, environment of your current state or your current energy so for us practically a lot of times this is after dinner um or maybe it's like on an airplane sometimes we we get kind of goofy and we get we get playful and flirtatious sometimes it's when we're at somebody else's house and we get a little minute like outside of the current social circle and we're just kind of like goofing around and so what this means to me is we don't have any have tos. We've we've either completed or are not even close to having to do something that is production oriented in our life. Thus, we don't have any stresses. Our fight or flight is like literally non-existent. And so when I pinch your butt or when I start kind of gently joking with you or grinding on you, <laughs> It doesn't feel pen- penetrating. I mean, I kind of. Yeah. I mean, it does, but in a proper way. You're yeah. ready to receive it, <laughs> yeah. compared to, let's say, your. It's not triggering. Right, uh, comparing to in the middle of the workday, when you're, yeah. um, you know, reading and taking notes on something that you're going to be podcasting about, or you're editing a podcast, or you're on a call, and I start like. <laughs> joking with you or grinding on you or like it's not going to be received well. it's not going to be received well and, and and vice versa like if i'm coming off a, a pretty intense work call and you come up and uh like kiss your neck or kiss something. my neck even just flirtatiously i it's gonna feel ill-timed and penetrating yeah so, so yeah there is a level of like judgment that you need to like have with this one um especially for the masculine i would say if you're a woman and you're trying to get your guy to be goofy with you like make sure you're being sensitive to where he's at energetically 
Um, that being said, it's not that if you realize like, hey, our, our relationship, you know, we're both just watching Netflix or, you know, he's not doing work and you feel like the energy or the, the situation could use a little more play and a little more fun. You can inspire your partner into that with you, um, even if you're not feeling it from them. So it doesn't mean that just because you're not feeling it from them doesn't mean that that's not great for the situation. Just ask yourself, does this, could this situation use more blank, you know, more, more lightness, more play. And if it's in the middle of his work day and he's singular focused on producing a work product or in a meeting or whatever, um, don't be offended <laughs> if it doesn't, if it doesn't come off well, because that was ill-timed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So uh, definitely curious to, to see how, you know, everybody listening applies, applies this or where, you are finding dancing, laughter, yeah. uh, playfulness, flirtation in your life. Um, and then, and then set, set your life up in a way that you can identify those moments and then lean into them Yeah, because it, it, it will create bond, uh, a bond and, and intimacy that you can just continually lean into. One last thing for the feminine that I will say, and then we can move on to the last prompt here. But one important thing, speaking to the feminine energy or the omega, as we call it sometimes, when your when your person, your man, does something that uh, facilitates this playfulness, this lightness, this laughter, this freedom for you, make sure you're responding in a way that he knows you fucking loved that. Right. Right. Like. It could be like maybe you're laughing in the kitchen or you're making a joke and you just put your arms around him and you tell him in his ear, like give him a kiss on his neck and be like, oh man, I just, I just freaking love just being goofy with you. It's my favorite where he knows like, oh, she liked that. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that you're trying to inspire, you know, to get more out of your relationship, I would say instead of saying, you never do this or you never do that. Or why don't we, why aren't we playful anymore? Blah, blah, blah. Why don't you ever flirt with me? When he does do it, go above and beyond showing him how much you actually, how much it lit you up to feel that from him. And yeah. he will want to do it more. Yep. No, that's, it's perfect. I have nothing more to add to that except yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> All right. Let me, let me have the last one here. What's our last prompt? Last one is kind of playing on what we were talking about earlier with, there's such beauty in nostalgia and there's such beauty in, in reminding and resurfacing these things from your history together that can be really, really playful and beautiful. But you don't want to rely on those things. You don't want to rely on your history um, to keep you going. Because then, right. the, then the question ultimately comes up as, are we just living off the past? Right. So this question is, what was the last time you did something new together created an actual new memory together and then how did it make you feel um i'm not saying that every new thing you do and every new memory you do is gonna elicit play but oftentimes and i challenge you to take on a new activity um in your life because it can lead to new memory creation mm -hmm. something as simple as uh say it's a holiday or it's some sort of celebratory act or time of year that you create a new tradition for, um, a new celebration for. 
that is not something your family did or you did in the past, but rather it's a new idea that the two of you are partaking in. Mm -hmm. That creates a shared experience that I swear opens up this little like portal of newness, playfulness, nostalgia, not unlike what you experienced earlier on in your relationship. And then you can either continue to do that ritualistically or in a way that is sort of like ceremonial and continue to enjoy in the newfound memory mm -hmm. um, or you can let it go and move on to something else. But, but that little, that little intentional memory creation through the form of something like celebration tradition mm -hmm. um, or just a pattern that you'd like to implement into your relationship can actually be really fruitful under this lens of play. Yeah. Hey, Blue Thing. I want to interrupt for just a quick hot second to talk to you about pre-workouts. Ooh, even saying the word like makes me cringe because as a culinary nutrition expert, I am trained to look at the ingredient list first and I am never impressed with traditional pre-workout mixes and drinks. They've all got some sort of weird red dye number five to color it and artificial sweeteners and things that just basically want to wreck your adrenals. And you oftentimes need more and more and more to feel the same effect and to really like go into your workout amped up. I will be honest, I have used them in the past. The one that I used was on the cleaner end, but still it, it just wasn't, it didn't feel natural. It was bright purple. And then I got to the point where I was like, this cannot be good. Nothing, nothing is bright purple. I feel like, like this in nature. And this was before I was a culinary nutrition expert. And then I discovered the red juice, the red juice from, from Organifi. Oh, okay. It tastes like fruit punch first, but the thing that is the greatest about it is that it is cordyceps infused. Cordyceps is a medicinal mushroom and Olympians use it professional athletes use it. It's 100% legal. It's food. But what it does that's so amazing, it actually increases your oxygen uptake. So it's increasing your energy, stamina, and even libido. Yes, it gives you more energy and you can use that energy however you like, boo. And so if you are using a pre-workout before you exercise, just take a look at the ingredient list and if you don't know what some of those things are, I would pitch it, honestly. Like, don't even use it another time. Instead, go to Organifi.com and check out the ingredient list on the red juice. It'll blow you away. It's got a blend of different organic berries and beetroot powder, pomegranate, acai, ginseng, and of course, like I said, the cordyceps. And if you want a pro tip from Mimi, if you go to the store, you'll see an option for the Red Juice Go Packs. It's the exact same thing as the tub, but basically they put the single serves into the, the little packets so that you can just throw them in your purse or your gym bag. It makes it super convenient. I love it. Also, I give these out to people. Um, I give them to my friends, family. It just It's a really good, great way to just keep spreading the Organifi love. So go to Organifi.com and type in the code MIMIFIT, M-I-M-I-F-I-T. When you grab your red juice, go get your swell on. 
then send me a message and tell me how much you are dying over the taste. Ugh, y'all, it's so good. I love you, Organifi. You make all things tasty. (laughs) All right, back to the pod. I have a great uh, example if you want to hear it. So I think this is, we've done it twice now, but our first Christmas together in Coronado, we started uh, a fun little tradition of making secret treats for each other on Christmas Eve. Um, And so, you know, in the week leading up to Christmas, we would, uh, we would have this idea of, we, we like to make them healthy just because that's the way we live our life. And so it's kind of like a, a scavenger hunt of sorts of like, oh, what's, what secret little treat can I make him? Um, and that's going to be healthy. He's going to love it. And uh, so we do that for each other and we give each other time to make it and we, you know, uh, hide it somewhere or freeze it, whatever. And then on the, the night of Christmas Eve, that's a new tradition for us is we get to basically break out these new healthy treats and we're not, you know, we're not, we're not adding to our, you know, possessions. It's not something we have to purchase. I mean, not really just the ingredients or whatever. It's not something we have to go do. We are literally creating the Mm -hmm. experience and it's, it's a a little fun thing that we, we did once and we're like, we should keep doing this. Like, yeah. let's make it a Christmas Eve tradition. And so now this last one was our second time. And it it's such a blast. It's just such a fun little thing. And um, it's, it's a, you know, a small example, but it's it's something new that we wanted to try and that we had never done before, um, you know, making secret desserts for each other on the same night. Right. We're eating two desserts. And, uh, and we so, like literally wrap them like a yeah. present and put them in yeah. the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get to, we get to eat them the next night and, and so on. But, um, so just be creative in this, this, all of what we're talking about too. It's not just the act of the play that's beneficial for your relationship. It's the, the, um, the intention and the creativity that goes along with it. Yeah. So creativity and be using your imagination lights up a different part of your brain than what we use in the typical nine to five workday. And I forget who says it, but I, I will never forget the actual quote. The absence of creativity is not benign. And that hmm. that applies to relationship as well. It does. So and, um, and, and, you know, a lot of times I think what comes with these bits of advice, especially with us, because we don't have children is, well, it's different when you have kids. And I totally understand that. I literally can't We're the first even, ones to imagine. say, like, it looks freaking hard. <laughs> but, but we are also, you know, intimately close with both family and friends who have children and see the complexities of it all. And uh, just to shout out, like, some of our dear friends, the Trevorts, um, Niels and Marissa, they specifically have these cool things that they do in their families where they include the kids even in memory creation or... or uh, new activity creations. For instance, when they finish, th- they all collectively read either independently or all together the Harry Potter series. When they finish one of the books, they have Harry Potter movie night. So they finish the book and they get to watch the movie together as a family. And then they kind of theme their mm-hmm. night. They dress up. They dress up. They you know m- might structure the meal in a way that is like consistent with the themes of Harry Potter and then mm-hmm. ultimately watch the movie after they've read the book together. And... God, what a cool, playful yeah. space, and what and and something that you know we've done, uh, and my my brother has literally done. He's a grown ass man. He's done this as well. Is, um, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to go out and and have a 
movie night or go to the theater or a concert and, and go to dinner because you're an adult and you're tired and you want to stay home. Well, instead of like grubbing and then sitting on the couch and watching TV, what if you went to just like a little bit more energy to, to have this l layer of imagination or creativity by like at home dinner theater? Yeah. And maybe you set the table a little bit nice. You move the table like into the living room where there's the TV uh, even though I'm not this like proponent of like television and eating, you do this sort of like sacred moment of you dine and then you watch something mm -hmm. or you theme out a movie night and it's yeah. at home. Whether yeah. They've like, they've blown up the air mattress and put it in the living room and they make like a, almost like a blanket fort yeah. and you make your favorite popcorn and you bring it in and you watch a, you know, Indiana Jones, uh, uh, what is it called when it's like a, you watch all of marathon them. marathon. Yeah. You do an Indiana Jones marathon or something and, uh, or whatever it is. Or a like a nostalgic movie. We, we don't watch much television at all, but occasionally like we're watching back to the future yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just these little moments to create new memories, new traditions. And you know, you don't have to keep them if they don't serve you, you can create new ones. But what it does is it brings a recency to yeah. the muscle that each one of you have to create new, uh, strong bonds um, with each other. Yeah. Another one that would be so easy, just uh, f just dissolving the idea that um, these acts have to be uh, a lot of effort or expensive. Because um, a lot of people, I think, oh, a dinner out in a, a theater, that's, that's, you know, going to a movie, that's going to be a $200 night. You can make a regular dinner, put it into Tupperware, grab a blanket, and go outside to your favorite park and just yep. eat outside in nature. Or, you know, take a bottle of wine. I don't know if this is legal. <laughs> take a bottle of wine and go to a, a cool vista. Yeah. And, you know, or whatever. You're, maybe you're non-alcoholic drink or something. But, like... Kava. <laughs> there you go. Um, those little, little acts yep. are just as good, if not better. So um, I, the idea that it has to be expensive and time-consuming and a lot of energy is just, that's nonsense. Yeah, oddly enough, sometimes the, I think everybody who's been in relationship knows this, or even just with friendships, sometimes those moments when the setting isn't what the movies and the books and what mainstream uh, media will tell you is the bachelor or bachelorette-esque date <laughs> yeah. the ones that are like oh my god we're kind of grubby and we decided to pack a couple pb and j's and went down to the beach or up on the hill and just like yeah ca caught a sunset drinking something random with like a sandwich capri sun yeah ends up being <laughs> just like super fun and cool yeah. so this doesn't need to be grand no. it can be and that's fun yeah. Um, but it also can be spontaneous. Yep. I love it. Mm. Let's talk about some of the, we've definitely talked about already uh, a, a bunch of the benefits, but let's talk about what people can expect when they prioritize play in their, in their life, whether they're single or in a relationship. Um, wh what can we expect to see? Yeah. I think there's a ton that ends up being a really cool byproduct of all these types of practices that implement play. Uh, but one that's a, that's a, consistent theme with through all the relationship discussions we've been having on the podcast and we'll continue to have is this 
archetypal energy behind relationship in the form of the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, the alpha and the omega. And as we've talked in the past, it's so important to have these uh, energies in your awareness mm-hmm. um, because when they're in balance, just generally are going to provide a stronger uh, foundation for your relationship. So what these things, this play does is it naturally pulls you into uh, the polarizing balance of the masculine and the feminine. It sets the table for intimacy. It sets the table for um, flirtation and conversation and these things that literally just put you into the grooved runs of the masculine and the grooved runs of the feminine so that when you start them, it is not uh, like swimming upstream. You're Mm -hmm. literally with the currents of what you were sort of divinely and intelligently created to play in. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I would say uh, if somebody's listening and this is kind of the first thing that they're hearing about polarity, I think it's important, yes, to know uh, polarity is so critical for that spark. That's really what it is, is is if you want more spark and more sexual connection, more intimacy in the form of, um, you know, like a, a sexual intimacy, polarity is necessary. Uh, the other side of that is the day-to-day sort of resonance of relationship, which is also critical. It's also very, very important. Resonance is the uh, when we are in kind of the alpha-alpha mode where you're working, I'm working. We're both single-focused. We're getting shit done during the day. We're alpha-alpha, and that's what our household needs to run to be able to make money and to do all the things is we both need to be in alpha-alpha. That does not bode well for our sexual intimacy. So yeah. one of us has to shift, and I will gladly shift into omega, and, but sometimes you need to shift into omega. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not a man and a woman type of thing. So I don't want people to think that polarity has to be all the time but if you want that spark putting play putting more play into your relationship will kind of organically give you that uh, sort of flirtatious nature yep and i'll be blunt and the last part of this one would just be like this equals better sex Mm -hmm. period like it just does um and then the next one that i have is we've talked about it already pretty good amount but i'll just concisely put it it gives quantifiable data that your relationship is not stale or maturing or already hit its peak yeah that feeling of like how do i want to say this that feeling of are we ever going to get that Am I ever going to have that feeling again? Yep. He changed or she changed or like, I wish we could go back to how we were when we first dated or whatever it is. Yep. Or, or I think everybody's witnessed couples. Sometimes it's in the form of parents or aunts and uncles or, you know, people who are older and have been in a relationship a long time. They talk about their, the glory days, the good old days and they're, they light up. And you don't see them talk, you don't see them lighting up like that um, unless they're talking about those days. Yeah. It's not something in their current life. Yeah. 
And so what this does is it, it gives you an opportunity to light up, mm-hmm. to feel that, that, um, light and then be like, <laughs> that was last week. Yeah. It, it's really like, we're saying a lot of words for it's confidence in your connection. Yeah. And, and like kind of the, maybe the last benefit we'll go over and, and something, um, that is so important is what play does is when you prioritize play, the other person by default feels that you are prioritizing the relationship and that unique organism that the relationship represents because Mm -hmm. when two and two are combined it's it's not just like we've explained this on other podcasts but the way that we view relationship is not my 50 percent is going to meet your 50 percent to make a 100 percent you know half and a half equals one we truly believe that it's one complete individual with another complete individual combining to like create a third organism called the relationship Mm mm-hmm And so it's not about like this game of like, well, you do this much, I do this much. It's like, nope, you both have to completely fill yourself to 100% and then show up together to to then create this other space. It's the difference between codependency, which is fleeting and is not sustainable versus collaboration and Mm co-creation and which is everlasting. Yeah. And um, what this does is as you are prioritizing play with your partner, you're showing that the organism that is the relationship is critically important and that you're going to continue to prioritize it Mm -hmm. instead of this expectation that you need to fill me up to make Mm -hmm. me complete. Yes, I 100% agree. And I, I say this to you often, but I feel so honored and blessed that you are in this relationship and you are invested in the work as much as I am. And you you continue to show up for me and show me that. I know that's not the case with everyone. It's it's not always 100% and 100%. You know, life gets in the way. The 3D world gets in the way. Programming gets in the way. Um, You know, gender roles. Like, well, you're supposed to clean and do the dishes. You're supposed to make the money. You're supposed to do this. These these groomed paths that we have for our partner or ourselves get in the way of sometimes or or just simply not having the knowledge that it's it's even possible. So I, I, I do want to give hope to people because certainly there's someone listening that's like, yeah, they, yeah, that's great. But my partner's not invested like I am or they at least don't seem to be. And so... I do want to want to kind of round out the episode with maybe uh, we can both speak to this, you coming from the masculine and me from the feminine or Alpha and Omega, but it only takes one person making conscious, intentional changes to their behavior to see massive change and transformation in the overall uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Can you get to that ecstatic, psychedelic, euphoric love connection? Maybe not, but you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I would, I would, for my kind of speaking to the feminine is don't be surprised if your man 
or partner is not as interested as you are to making changes to your relationship. As the feminine, the omega, the love-driven being, your relationship, your connection usually will always be of more importance. It's very, very rare that it's equal or, you know, uh, the man is leading it. So I will say if that is, if that's a, a, a thing in your relationship, just know that that's normal and you can still make changes yeah. and you can still alter and, and transform your own energy and, and see massive shifts in your relationship. Yeah. Very well put. And I, I am absolutely aligned going back to, uh, and, and we'll talk about this more in other episodes, I think, because I could really go off on this for a while and I want to be mindful of everybody's ear holes. <laughs> um, this idea of like, you are one as the feminine and I am one as the masculine together. You know, we're a hundred out of a hundred independently. And then we show up to create this third organism called the relationship. Why that's really important into what you're talking about is if there's an expectation and often used by men or women, I'm willing to do the work, but they're not, or I'm going to go a certain, you know, I'm going to go a certain degree or percentage and then they've got to meet me somewhere. I think there's a little bit of a flaw in that idea. And I'm not saying it's, it's an irrational flaw. It's just something that we've often thought or talked about. You got to, you got to complete yourself. You have to be full. You have to be, you have to go 100% of the way with your own self love and your own self development. When that's the case and your partner is not doing that for themselves, there is a natural um, energy exchange and it may take some time. It may not be like, you know, overnight, but once you're at a place where you're like, you know what, I'm really, really full, like I'm, I'm meeting, I'm, I'm meeting my own independent fulfillment almost to like this 100 out of 100 that we're talking about. When that's the case, there will be an allotted amount of time where your counterpart will either be magnetically drawn to that to the degree that they're starting to want to put the work in. What are they doing? You're not putting it right in front of their face. Like, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm cleaning up my diet. I'm meditating. I'm sleeping better. I'm reading all these books about personal development and relationship work. You're not putting that in front of their face with the way that you show up in a relationship, it will energetically open up this, this transaction of magnetism from your sexual partner or your relationship partner, or it could cause them to flee. And that's kind of like blunt and straightforward, but it will be a really, really great evaluation perspective on where the relationship status is at. Mm -hmm. Um, and we can go on to it later, but I really do think that prioritize your own self-love journey and your own fulfillment, realizing that there's an element to it. Um, there's an element potential of this like third organism as the relationship that you really want to be met, but don't have an expectancy that the other person is going to fill you up. Um, otherwise that turns into codependency versus collaboration and co-creation mm -hmm. um, and, and a sort of bitterness when they fail because they will because they're human if your partner 
and you truly believe that that you're bound by love and purpose and um the more you fulfill your own potential the more magnetizing that will be and inspiring for them to want to do the same yeah that's i'll leave it at that totally i know we could we could spend a whole hour or more on this topic alone and and uh giving people tools and practical ways to go deeper in relationship is something that is absolutely I'm so passionate about because I've seen the the fruits of that labor in that and how we've brought it into our relationship and seen how both of our lives have transformed I'm very um passionate about uh, about talking about it and providing these and I will just say I'm working on something really big right now to continue to provide it mm -hmm. specifically to women yeah. because I do hear it a lot. It's like, yeah. yeah, well, I'm willing to do this, but my partner's not. And so um, this is something that I, I don't want people to feel like we're leaving you high and dry. Like, trust me, <laughs> in, uh, on the back end, I'm doing a lot of work yeah. to, to create something big uh, for you all if, if this is where you're at right now. So I don't want to say too much more because it's, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Mm. But um I I, uh, I do hope that people get a lot of um, ideas and value. And if you were taking notes, great. You can always hit us up if you have questions or other ideas. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. You can hit us up. I'm um, at Mimi underscore the medicine. Chase is at the Chasen one on Instagram. We It lights us up to hear from you guys. So don't ever be shy reaching out or, or saying like, hey, I thought this or, you know, oh, this this landed with me or this didn't. We we love hearing either way. So mm. perfect. Oh, my love. Wrapping <laughs> this thing up. Yes. What for you on this beautiful day of June? June 1st. June 1st is your medicine. Mm. I didn't have an answer ready. Um, I will say I am absolutely loving this new book that I'm reading right now. I just started it a couple days ago. It is by Charles Eisenstein and it's called The More Beautiful World We All Know Exists. And uh, I'm, o I'm only, you know, a little ways into it, but it is just lighting me up. And I love that feeling of starting a new book and being really excited because when you wake me up so wonderfully and you're kissing and caressing my body and I'm just like, oh my God, this is actually heaven. What then actually like ex excites me to get out of bed is like, oh, I want to get back to reading my book. And so it's it's yeah. a little easier for me to like get out of bed when I'm excited about the the book that I'm reading, and uh, so that it's definitely that for me. So this sacred morning time definitely is and was my medicine today. Um, reading this book and drinking my king coffee and just quiet stillness in the morning, it's it's absolutely medicine for me. Mm, I love that you do that. I I benefit from it by default because we <laughs> just have great conversations that come out of these reading experiences for you. Yes. Mm. What for you, my love, is your medicine today? Oh, my medicine uh, for today, and it's it's not like impacting me immediately today, but uh, I'm in the process of working with a really, really awesome um, consultant for my own um, hormone health, and uh, Steve Martinez um, out of 
Restore Wellness in Texas. He's a he's a homie. He's a good friend. And so I did a bunch of blood work and sent it in today with the intention of uh, just getting kind of a baseline on where I'm at hormonally and um, trying to optimize over the next, you know, six months or so. Um, I haven't done this in a while. And um, obviously coming off a broken rib and, and a cold and just a few other things that have been uh, a good little reminder to get back into balance and homeostasis and um, see what I can do the latter half of this year. And, and uh, so that's definitely my medicine is the is the investment through the help of friends in the space uh, into my own well-being. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you're doing that. Me too. And just um, just taking a holistic perspective to your overall health and getting the data points you need and seeking out just top practitioners that you connect with. And I just, I'm, I am uh, so glad you're doing that. And I'm really proud of you. Thanks, Ben. All right. All right, you guys, thanks for staying with us and let us know what you thought, hit us up, whatever you think. And, um, we are so grateful to have you, um, listening to the medicine as we dive into all of these things disease prevention for body mind and relationships um just so grateful to to get to share with you guys and and um just have these open and honest conversations and and hope you got a lot of value out of what you heard today all right go spread some light and we'll talk to you next time okay bye Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.